Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to the Co-op Podcast, episode 232. And this is the last Co-op Podcast of 2017. So, yeah, we'll be back at the top of the year in, um, you know, January 2018. Um, You do also have the Game of the Year podcast, hopefully, to look forward to sometime later this week as well. So be on the lookout for that. But for now, yeah, this is the final co-op of the year. And, um, you know, Richard Bailey Jr. was unable to make this show because he's with family at the moment. Um, And Max will be joining us soon. So at the moment, you have myself. And we're also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing, Dana? I'm doing all right, darling. I apologize to everyone who has to listen to my voice. Oh, don't apologize. I'm sure everybody, everyone's happy to hear you on the show. Um, but yeah, so let's get straight into what we've been playing. Um, so yeah, I'm going to let you go first. What have you been playing this week? This week I have been playing what I have been playing last week, which was Dauntless. It is a co-op uh, four-player game. Not four-player game. Yep, four-player. That's basically like a downgraded monster monster hunter world um i love it it's really addictive the matches are about 15 to 20 minutes each and you can set like how hard you want it to go and if you set it on like say for example easier then the matches are shorter but it does take a lot of work a lot of team effort and i really enjoy that game so much so i've been playing that and i've been playing a little bit of um the lego dimensions that's about it cool Pretty good mix there. Um, and Mark in the chat actually said that you should go UK all show. Um, and I replied that your your British accent is better than mine. So maybe you should consider that. So just like talking your accent the whole time then? Yeah. It'll be is a great show like that. That'd be cool. We're like four British. We just took over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> So, yeah, um, as for what I've been playing, of course, Overwatch, um, you know, that's a given. Um, And I've also been playing Persona 4 on the Vita, um, just, you know, whenever I get a chance to. And because, you know, I I travel to work a lot and stuff, so it's nice to be able to play that on the go as well. Um, I also just got into Warframe today. Uh, This game, like, I, I... actually installed it on my computer when it originally came out in like 2012 for PC but I just um never really like played it much uh, well I never played it at all back then um so yeah now I've finally kind of got into it but I know the game's changed a lot like significantly so I'm not sure you know how much it, it has changed but it's a pretty fun game and considering it's free I would say that it's like it's pretty on par with Destiny, in my opinion. Like uh, in terms of fun and connectivity, being able to play with other players, and you know, just finding loot and uh, building up, developing your character and stuff, it's actually pretty fun. So I'm looking forward to uh, playing a bit more of that. And um, also yesterday, um, I visited my friend Carl Daniel, who used to write at the coalition and um we played a few games there 
Uh, we played Tekken 7, which is really good, and I think I'm going to buy it for myself at some point. Um, probably one of the best fighting games that came out this year, um, in my opinion. And we also played Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. And um, my main gripes with that game is the selection of characters in it. Um, it seems really random. Like, there are so many characters that people want to see in these games. And they put, like, a bunch of, like, lower tier or unknown characters. Like, there's this... um. I forgot the name now, but it's like this Firebird thing from Capcom's side. Um, and he was in like some some game back in the, the 80s or something like that. Like, um, And it was just like a random... It, I don't even think it was a boss in the game. Like It was just like a random enemy in the game or something like that. So it's very random like to take up that slot when you could have someone else from Street Fighter in the game. Um, or a character that people are more familiar with. Um, yeah, like it was, it was just very odd, like the characters they chose to include in that game. And also the fighting style. Uh, I know that Marvel vs. Capcom is known for being a bit fast paced and frantic, but this game, it's just, it, it, it all seems a bit random. Like it's just, it encourages you to just bat, button mash. Like you, you don't know what's going on. And like it's just, I don't know, like it just didn't. It didn't flow right to me. Was um, it too quick for you? Say that again. Was it too quick for you? Did you need a slower game? No, it wasn't too quick. It just felt like there was like no strategy to the game. Like you could literally just button mash and win. Like even if like you're not good at the game and you don't know the buttons. Whereas a game like Tekken or Injustice, you kind of have to know what you're doing and you have to have some sort of strategy, you know, to to take advantage but in this game it's like just button mash and you know you might actually win um so yeah that's kind of what i didn't like about that game um but i do like the concept of the game though um and then we also played wwe 2k18 and surprisingly we had a lot of fun with it um now i'm not saying that this is actually a good game um, technically, from a technical standpoint, it's probably not that good. Um, the graphics are a bit questionable, especially the character models. Uh, and there's a lot of glitches as well. But because we were playing, like, there was three of us playing the game, you know, and just because of the three of us playing the game, is it was kind of like a moment, and it was fun to play because, you know, we were kind of mocking the game at the same time. And because, you know, we are sort of wrestling fans as well to an extent um not as much as you of course but um yeah like we're familiar with wrestling so yeah it was just fun to kind of mock the game and mock wrestling in in general and we played like oh. three uh, go ahead would you say oh you're mocking wrestling yeah because it's terrible right now ouch don't watch this wwe I, oof, I don't plan to trust me um but yeah like it, it was like we played like three royal rumble matches and um it was a lot of fun because like you could at first you choose your characters that you want to go in as and then you know along the way you might get eliminated but then you can you can choose to be whoever the next character that enters the rumble is and it's always fun like 
um, predicting who you're going to get and stuff like that. Uh, there was this one moment where I actually got Brock Lesnar. Well, I'm not sure if it was me or my friend because we both kind of got eliminated at the same time. And then, um, you know, we chose to we chose the next numbers, basically. And then Brock Lesnar came out, but he just stood in the middle of the ring and his life bar just disappeared. So nobody could be him. And he was just standing there in the middle of the ring, glitched out and nobody would attack him and he couldn't attack anyone else. So he was literally just standing there glitched. That wasn't the whole, a glitch. For the whole match. Raw. <laughs> <laughs> what? That actually happens? That wasn't a glitch. That was an episode of Raw. Yeah, pretty so much. There. Pretty much. That, that, it seems like something that would happen in reality um, if Brock was in the Royal Rumble. But yeah, um, that was really weird, uh, but funny at the same time. But yeah, um, that, that sort of game is just fun if you play it with your friends, I guess. Um, online, it's probably, I, I imagine it's very glitched online. But um, yeah, playing it like that, you know, it's, it's just a fun moment, I guess. But the game itself is, you know, it's probably terrible if you're looking to buy it, to play by yourself. You know, it's probably not the best game. Um, and I hear the Wii U version is terrible. You, you have to play the Nintendo Switch version. If you are oh, someone no. who just enjoys playing bad games and just love mocking games like you and your friends did, you have to play the Nintendo Switch version because it is gosh darn awful. The level, the level of glitches is just astronomical to the point where it's like, why are you even putting this game out? Why are we spending our money? I wouldn't even give you Monopoly money for the game. But like I said, if you want something that's like going to be a great highlight reel and something where you and the family could just come together and just laugh, just since nonsense all day long, you have to get Nintendo Switch. But like wait until Black Friday or when you see it on like the clearance bins for, I don't know, $2. Don't go out of your way to get it. I said Black Friday, didn't I? Black Friday already happened. Yeah. There's some yeah. like sale that Saturday. It's like a second coming of Black Friday that's coming up next Saturday. So like pick up the game then because it'll be even cheaper. Yeah, oh, and thanks for correcting me as well because I meant Nintendo Switch and not Wii U. I said yeah, Wii, Wii U. Do they play games for the Wii U? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much um all I've been playing this week. Um a, a bit more than usual, but yeah. Um, this is no, fun. What? Uh, oh, and we have Mr. Max Moller here. So, how you doing, Max? Hey, man, it's going well. Happy to be back for the show. What on earth were you guys talking about? I cannot figure it out. <laughs> we <laughs> we talked about game that's ever been played called uh, WWE 2K18 and all of the glitches oh. that come. It's like the bonus of the game. It's just all the glitches. <laughs> So forget your That's DLC. Awesome. Yeah, it's like a DLC of glitches. It's glorious. Yeah, because uh, basically I, w I went to my friend's house yesterday and we played a bunch of games there. So uh, that's what I was saying. We played gotcha. WWE. Isn't the two was is the two K series seems to have like an issue with every release now, huh? Not necessarily yeah, they, always glitches, but something. Yeah, they. I mean, to me, they all seem terrible. But um, you know, I, I never play them, so I don't know the full extent of it. Right. But yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so Max, you said you haven't really been playing anything this week, right? 
No, sir. I have been mostly in and out of Chicago this week, so I have not been playing much at all. <clears throat> okay, if anything. So, you, so you're, getting, <laughs> uh, you're getting prepped for Christmas and everything. Yeah. Today's going to be playing games, though. I don't know what I'm going to play yet, but I want to play something today. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, yeah, definitely let everyone know what you play, you know, um, and we'll be paying attention to you on Twitter and everything. Definitely. But, uh, it's definitely. good to have you. Well, thank you, sir. It's good to be back. Yeah, no problem. Um, unfortunately, I'm hosting again, as you can see. Um, but yeah, uh, this is going to be the final co-op of 2017. So it's it's good to have you be a part of it. Definitely. Yeah, it's cool that we're finishing up the year. I can't believe we are so high. We're on 232 now. Insane to think about. Yeah, Plus, man. we still have to do the we still have to do the um the game, game. yeah. So hopefully, we still get everyone on that for like sort of a final goodbye for the year before starting up again next year. Yeah, hopefully on the game of the year show we'll have you know Mr. Richard Bailey, we'll have Tony Polanco, Jake James Lugo, you know, and a few familiar faces. So definitely, yeah, look out for that. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get straight into this week's topics. Um, surprisingly, there's quite a few things to talk about. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to try to get through these as efficiently as possible. Um, the first topic, you know, I don't have a lot to say about, but I thought it should be acknowledged. Um, so the Payday developer Overkill is working on a Walking Dead game. Um, and I think that's pretty cool because um, we know that the Telltale Walking Dead games are phenomenal, ph phenomenal in what they do, um, and you know the storytelling and everything like that, decision making, the intensity and everything. But they're not action games, um, and there has been other another attempt to make a Walking Dead action game in the past, um, but I think it was very bad. I think it was terrible. I don't think anyone liked it. Um, I can't remember who made it exactly, but um, yeah, it wasn't well-received at all. But this one looks like it could be something special. Um, as far as I can tell, it's an original story with original characters, I think. Um, Max might know more about this than me, but uh, from the trailer, it, it looks pretty good. Um, so I just think that it's good that we're finally kind of getting, um, you know, an action-based Walking Dead game um, that actually might be something good. So, Max, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I saw the trailer, and I thought the trailer looked really interesting. It kind of reminded me of, like, a Dead Island vibe a little bit. Not the comedic aspect, but, like, how they kind of transition from the real world into the zombie world, kind of like that. And then it didn't show any action, per se, but it showed um, the dude, like, about to, like, charge into a bunch of zombies with a spiked bat which is pretty cool you know it's like your standard zombie fare um if i remember correctly it took place in dc which is really really cool i think it'd be awesome to fight in an overrun dc um i don't know much else about the game i don't know if there are many other details about it in general i'd i don't know it's funny because <clears throat> mark was just saying in the chat there's also that world war z zombie game coming and to me that one looks a lot more intriguing just because well, I do like the Walking Dead universe and everything. Uh, I know nothing about this, and it 
could just be like another standard zombie game. Obviously, I hope it's not. And it is being made by Overkill, which is cool. And the payday games are really cool. So this this makes me think it's going to be some like four person game, maybe like Left 4 Dead or something like that. Um, that would be cool, like a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead in some way, shape, or form, since we all know we're not going to be getting that from Valve anytime soon, if ever. Um, I will say, though, <clears throat> as much as I like the idea behind Payday 2 and the gameplay mechanics and everything, I don't like the way it feels. I don't like their engine. And I'm worried that if they bring over that similar feel to this game, that'll just turn me off of it entirely. So we'll have to see. Maybe I should give Payday another chance. But like, I, I tried out like the free trial for like two hours, and I just couldn't nail down the feeling of it, even though I love like the idea and everything else about it. So we'll have to see, of course. But it's intriguing, and it'll be... What if we get like all the zombies back? What if the zombie apocalypse fucking games all start again? That would be awful. <laughs> we don't need a million... Because now we have Days Gone too coming. Yeah. Oh, Lord. The zombies are back. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, when I say action game, I just mean like, you know, the style of game that is probably going to be is more like action focused, whereas the Telltale ones, uh, you know, they're like more story based and like any action yeah. that's in it is like quick time kind of thing, you know. Um, but yeah, um, we haven't seen the gameplay yet, but yeah, um, I actually did like the Payday games. I didn't play the first one really, but I played Payday 2 and I quite enjoyed that um for some time so uh yeah I, i'm not sure if they're gonna be doing it in that kind of style the left for dead kind of style um but yeah I'm, I'm eager to see how they approach this um and it, you know it has potential depending on how it is um i'm not the biggest zombie game fan but if it's presented in a in a you know certain way and it has like an appealing story to it as well then you know i will be taking notice and I'll be looking into it. Uh, Dana, you got any thoughts on that? I am someone who is not excited for this game. I'm just overall not excited for zombie games. I just don't, they're boring. To, not in the sense, there's just so many of them that I feel this is oversaturation. It's just nothing original about it anymore. So I just don't necessarily care about this. But for those who do, good for you. Um, the Basically, what they did say is that <clears throat> um, the story is about Aiden, who is the former architect that's surviving in the in the ruins of Washington, D.C. Uh, in the trailer, you see that he wields a bat with nails and hammers against the walkers. So basically, it's like watching, I don't know, wasn't it Megan from the show who had that the same similar type of bat? Um, they also said that it will be a four-person co-op first-person shooter where each playable character will have their own special abilities, skill trees, and squad roles. So if that is exciting to word for you, then that seems like something that you should probably take a look at or pick up when it's released. It, which says it'll be released uh, fall 2018 on Steam, Xbox One, and PS4. I just don't feel anything towards it. Interesting. So it does. It is. It does kind of sound like almost a Left 4 Dead thing or like a Payday thing. Obviously, Left 4 Dead yeah. didn't create the four-person co-op survival, but um, interesting. So they're going with what they know, which is cool. And I still think we need to see a lot more information on it. But yeah, it's good to know that you know we're getting like Nazi zombies again. 
Oh yeah, that's another thing that's back. Jesus Christ, zombies are everywhere again. <laughs> yeah, the it, it's gonna be a real zombie apocalypse. Like when we see all this zombie content that's coming. So yeah, um, yeah. At least we have that to look forward to, I guess. Um, and we'll be looking out for more, you know, uh, coverage on that game. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to actually seeing some gameplay soon. But uh, yeah, that's that. Um, so moving on, uh, there was actually a rumor. So uh, the the guy who leaked the information on um, you know Battlefield One, and you know actually he he's the guy who first mentioned that you know they would be returning to World War One and everything like that. Um, so he's actually come out and said now that the next Battlefield game is going to be Bad Company Three. So we know that this guy is kind of credible, you know, in his uh, predictions and um, the information that he he gives out and everything. So now, you know, that's the rumor going around that, you know, the next Battlefield game is going to be Bad Company 3. And that's a game that a lot of people have been waiting for. I know Mr. Richard Bailey has been waiting for that game. Um, And a lot of people love Bad Company. Me, myself, I never, uh, I remember playing, I think, a beta for bad company too and it was pretty cool pretty fun and everything but i never actually got into bad company or understood why so many people loved it um but yeah that that's it seems like something um ea would consider doing because they know that people actually loved bad company and it makes sense to bring it back now uh max do you do you have any knowledge on Bad Company, or uh, and do you have any thoughts on the news topic? Oh yeah, um, I love I love the Bad Company games. Um, so I think the reason people really like Bad Company is I'm pretty sure it was Bad Company Two that really introduced the Frostbite 2.0 engine. If I'm not mistaken, maybe it was Frostbite One, Fro- but maybe it was Frostbite 1.0. But regardless, it like started a lot of that kind of terrain defamation that uh, Battlefield has nowadays. And um, in both Battlefield game, Bad Company games was actually like awesome. It was really, really cool. It follows the squad of four like kind of army rejects um, with in like, I don't remember the plot very well because it's been so long since I've played them. It was like the mid 360 days. But I just remember it was a really ridiculous, over-the-top, actually well-written uh, campaign. And, like, you actually really cared about the characters. And they had, like, a lot of banter together. And they were just really, really fun to play as and be around. And Bad Company 2 ended on a very, very, very big cliffhanger that made us think, like, Bad Company 3 is coming, like, almost right away. And then it just didn't <laughs> so the idea that bad company three is coming back is really really cool um and i think it'd be nice because i'm getting kind of tired of like the modern uh shooting genre and i know that the there's the rumor that bad company three would be in world war ii which is really really cool um especially because cod world war ii is back but i don't know i just don't really like the direction COD has been going. So it'd be nice to explore World War II in like a Battlefield game again. I think that'd be very, very cool. Um, other than that, I don't have too many thoughts on it. Uh, I just, I'm excited to see more. Of this. I'm actually excited for the campaign more than anything else with this game, believe it or not, in a Battlefield game. But yeah. 
Yeah, man. Um, I think, yeah, I think it was Battlefield 3 that really made me get into the Battlefield series. Um, and, you know, I put a lot of hours into Battlefield 3 and 4, and I really love those games. I like them more than Call of Duty. Um, so, yeah, if there's any new Battlefield coming out, then I'm, I'm definitely probably going to give it, you know, the time of day. I actually didn't get Battlefield 1 um, just because there was other things out at the time and I never kind of got into it. Um, I think I was because that's when I really got into Overwatch as well. So I kind of skipped that game. But um, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to more news on this. And I think Bad Company 3 w- would definitely make sense. Um, Dana, what's your thoughts? My thoughts are very excited for this news. Um, I love both of the bad companies. I especially love two. I love the storyline and I just liked how funny it kind of it was. So for me, I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to this. So nothing but good news and happiness I'm feeling right now. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, again, it is a rumor at the moment until proven correct. But, you know, the source is credible based on his previous predictions. But, uh, yeah, take it with a grain of salt, people. But definitely let us know your thoughts and whether you think that, um, you know, this is a step in the right direction for EA and DICE. Um, So moving on, uh, before we get to entertainment, I'm going to keep it gaming a little bit for now. Um, So the NPDs were revealed you know, a few days back, around four days ago or so. Um, and some pretty interesting results. So in terms of software, um, you know, PlayStation 4 was victorious. Of course, all those Black Friday sales, you know, helped them out. Um, and they've kind of ended Nintendo's streak. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how many months the Switch has been reigning um, in, you know, in terms of uh, hardware sales. Sorry, I meant hardware. Hardware sales. Um, but yeah, uh, the PS4 has ended the streak, and um, we're not sure on the exact numbers that the Xbox One X sold, but we're told that they also had a good month, and it was one of the best months for the console, period. Um, same with PS4 as well. is one of the best-selling months of the PS4. Um, so... Yeah, um, any thoughts on that before we get to software sales, guys? Go ahead, Dana. Um, no, as you know, I thought that the Nintendo Switch would outsell everything, but so far it hasn't. So, but I'm excited and happy for everyone. It's always is it, anyone who picks up a console, you know, even if it's crappy Xbone, you know, good for you. But I think PlayStation Four, you know. I'm looking for their sales to increase a little bit more. Cool. Um, Any thoughts on hardware, Max? Um, Also not in particular. Um, I'm not surprised that the One X did not top because, you know, it's $500. Uh, I do see here that it's the, what was it? It was the most dollars. They brought in the most money on hardware, which makes sense because one xbox is worth like two ps4s um right now so that's a stat i guess microsoft can be proud of but 
it is interesting to see that the PS4 outsold the Switch. That is pretty surprising. I guess the lower prices, though, are really would have done it. Because what I there was PS4 is as low as two hundred dollars on Black Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, maybe it was like two twenty, two thirty. So yeah, and even to like the casual parent or something buying something for their kids, if they're just looking at price alone, they're going to go for the PS4 of the Switch, you know. And then Call of Duty had come out, which you know I'm sure parents are used to seeing, so they just buy those two like in tandem. Probably one of the biggest reasons is those sort of that sort of stuff. But I think that the switch will come back for the December NPDs because, you know, Christmas and everything. But we'll see. Yeah, I agree. I think we'll see uh, the switch come back and dominate again Mm -hmm. on the coming NPD. Um, But yeah, time will tell. Uh, Was you going to say something else? Um, Well, I guess the switch also has a killer lineup coming in 2018. So as does the PS4. So um, that's another reason why I think the Switch would come back up yeah. pretty quickly. But yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, both those consoles have a great lineup planned for next year. Um, so I imagine it's going to be like, you know, a dogfight for the next few months um, between those two consoles. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, 2018 is probably going to be great for, for gaming in general. So uh, lots to look forward to. But in terms of sales, um, and, you know, since you already mentioned Call of Duty, you know, um, of course we know Call of Duty topped the charts. But let's run through the top 10, starting at 10. So um, at 10, you have Pokemon Ultra Sun. At 9, you have Destiny 2. At 8, you have Need for Speed Payback. At 7, you have FIFA 18. At 6, you have Super Mario Odyssey. At 5, you had... You have uh, Madden NFL 18. At four, you have NBA 2K18. At three, you have Assassin's Creed Origin. At number two, you have Star Wars Battlefront 2. And at number one, of course, Call of Duty World War II. Um, so an interesting top 10 there. Um, I, I did not expect Star Wars to get the number two slot, to be honest with you. I thought... Um, after all that controversy, I thought they would be a bit lower because um, I thought a lot of people were just like not buying the game. Um, but yeah, um, pretty surprising to see that it's actually number two. I wonder what the actual gap is between Call of Duty and Star Wars. Um, but yeah, interesting top 10 there. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that specifically, Max? Uh, I'm kind of pissed about that, to be completely honest with you. Battlefront 2 should not be anywhere near this top 10 at all, especially after all the bullshit that happened. So I have to wonder who actually went out and bought the game. You know, maybe yeah. it was like the casual market that's, you know, because Star Wars is still like a mass star. Star Wars transcends like nerds and geeks. Star Wars is everyone and everything. So it's entirely possible that like a lot of that was like the casual market who didn't hear about all the BS that happened, even though it made CNN and like kind of made it into the public eye. But that really, really bothers me that Battlefront 2 is up there. Like EA needs to not be allowed to do what they're doing and them still getting second in the NPDs after all of that BS means that like they're still going to keep doing what they've been doing. And that really sucks but it works, I guess. I mean, I've just given up on them, you know? I remember we were talking last week about how, like, I don't even remember the last EA game I bought, and then I remembered it was actually Andromeda, but that one doesn't count because it was awful. But um, it's just, like, 
I don't know. They've just made it so I just don't have any desire to play even some of my favorite franchises. Like, I don't even care about Dragon Age 4 that we know is coming. Or like that A Way Out game seems really cool, but because EA's name is on it, I just don't expect it to be good. I just expect something to go wrong with it, and I don't even want to follow it or care at this point. It's just really frustrating to see that that made Battlefront 2 all the way up there as well. But I don't think COD is very surprising. Uh, it's nice to see Mario up there. I'm a little surprised to see Destiny 2 still so high up there. Yeah. But that's cool, I guess. Good for them. Even though I'm kind of annoyed with Bungie as well. Uh, it didn't, isn't NBA 2K18 filled with like microtransactions and stuff? I have no idea, to be like, honest. I'm pretty sure NBA 2K18 is like abysmal when it comes to uh, microtransactions and stuff. So that's interesting to see that up there. Origins, I bet, you know, that makes sense. Not surprised about that. Madden, not surprised. FIFA, not surprised. I'm not. I'm actually surprised FIFA isn't higher. Um, and then it's cool to see Pokemon up there as well, you know, at, at number 10. You know, Pokemon always does well too. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, agree with your thoughts there. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, I think it's safe to say that anything that has the word Star Wars on it is going to sell you know, like guaranteed, but it is kind of sad to see that, you know, um, despite their poor business practices, they're still selling a lot of, you know, copies. So it's going to, it's only going to encourage them to keep, you know, manipulating the system and continuing with these practices. Um, but yeah, um, besides that, I guess everything else makes sense. I mean, I would say that I thought Odyssey was going to continue to you know, being at least the top five, you know, for the next few months. Um, I thought it would be a lot higher, to be honest. But, yeah, um, and like you said, Destiny 2 still being in the top 10 is uh, it's a bit surprising. But, yeah, um, everything else, I guess, is kind of standard. Um, there's no Grand Theft Auto Five in the top 10, which is interesting. Um, It'll be back. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe everyone has finally bought it by now. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they must have, like, you know, it's been in the top 10 for, like, years, pretty much. But, yeah. It's like, um, um, it's like on Steam, where in the top selling games for every sale, it's always, like, Left 4 Dead 2 and CSGO. It's like, how does not everyone have this by now? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, Dana, you got any thoughts on that top 10? I don't believe this list. I'll just say that. I don't know who's running out and buying these games. I don't know if it's the actual companies itself that's buying these games to get the li get on the list. But I don't understand. How is Just Dance on this list with <clears throat> 2K18 doesn't belong on this list. I'm very disappointed in people. Um, Grand Theft Auto, I'm kind of shocked. I'm really not shocked about Battlefront because, remember, the movie just came out and people are weird. We're like... You know, they want to get the game and watch the movie and do everything all together. And not everyone, I think some of the parents don't fully know that what's going on with the whole microtransaction things. And also you have the littler kids that, you know, are not going to pay attention to things like that. So you have that as well. And also it's really interesting how people complain about oh, they don't want to do the microtransactions. And they're like, oh, no, this is wrong. We're going to protest. And clearly they're not protesting by putting it number two. So you know, expect more microtransactions in other games and it to be even higher. So way to go with your protests there. Um, 
Need for Speed, um, I'm kind of shocked it was a little lower than what I expected. Wolfenstein is still there. The randomness of South Park, that's random, but okay. Yeah, I, this list doesn't make any sense to me. At all. 2K18 sucks. Both the NBA. I'm not, like, anything 2K18 or 2K in general, it just sucks. But people like playing sucky games, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like, I'm, I'll always be baffled at how, you know, how well these sports games do every year when, you know, it's essentially, essentially the same game, kind of, like, with maybe one or two new features. But, um, yeah, uh, I guess people just love the, you know, updated rosters and stuff. I don't get it, but yeah. But, yeah, yes. um, that's, that's pretty much the MPDs, you know. Um, I'm definitely interested in seeing next month's, you know, uh, the, the, the December one, because, you know, obviously Christmas period, um, you know, a lot of people are going to be out buying stuff right now. So I want to see what effect that has, you know. Um, on but might it also be, because this was November, these were all like the things that was like Black Friday, the ones that doesn't make any sense, had probably had the bigger sales. So that's just something that people was able to just get. And the fact that during Black Friday, um, it was a lot of pictures going around that no one picked up Battlefront. So I guess because it was just there, people, you know, grabbed it at the last moment so that they can have something to give to someone during Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, you, you could be right about that. Um, a lot of these games probably did have good sales. So, yeah, that's very true. Um, but, yeah, moving on. Um, this this is the this the, these are the segments that I'm, I've been looking forward to discuss. Um, so we're going to get to our entertainment segment, and we actually have two you know um, topics to talk about that are slightly related. But um, first of all, of course, the big news of the week, you know, the, the news that shook the internet and the Twitter space. Um, Disney has officially bought Fox, so you know they've acquired a ton of different IPs and um, yeah we, we, we I guess we're gonna get treated to some of the things we've been waiting for you know in terms of Marvel movies but Dana do you want to give us the rundown okay I'm gonna give you the quick rundown and and then express my horror of this whole thing so anyway Disney bought Fox for 45.5 billion dollars which includes everything like 20th Century Fox, um, Fox search like, search like Pictures, Fox 2000. So that means that these movies that are like Avatar, X-Men, Fantastic Four, Deadpool, movies like Grand Budapest, Grand Budapest Hotel, Hidden Figures, Gone Girl, The Shape of Water, The Martian, they're now all Disney properties. Also along with this deal was FX Productions, which of course does Legion. Um, Fox 21, which does The Americans. Also, people don't know this. TV shows got affected, such as Modern Family. Yes, that, that is on ABC. What people don't also know is that This Is Us, a very popular NBC show, is distributed by 20th Century Fox. That is now a Disney show. Um, FX Network, as I said, National Geographics. Um, National Geographic. Fox Sports Regional Networks, Fox Network Group International, Star India, Hulu, Sky, uh, Tata Sky, and 
Imdomal Shine Group, they, they also do um, TV shows, they are all under Disney, which now makes Disney a big powerhouse. Also, this is leading to an investigation to find out whether or not this is something that's good for, you know, movie and TV industries. So this is going to be, there's talks about there being an investigation behind these deals. So my personal opinion is this. Yay, it's exciting that we finally got all these, you know, we can see crossovers like Fantastic Four with X-Men, Wolverine. I know they just announced that they're going to reboot his entire uh, movie series again. They're even thinking of doing a television series, which would be really interesting. I know people are wondering what's going to happen with Deadpool now that it's Disney, but Disney did announce that they wanted to make an entire separate category for their R-rated movies, so they're very excited about making properties R-rated. They want to turn Wolverine into an R-rated movie, which is great as well. But this is also bad for, for TV shows. A lot of TV shows can be canceled. People will also lose their jobs. They will announce that about 10,000 people will lose their jobs by 2018 because of this whole merger. So this is a lot of things that is up in the air. We don't know what's going to happen with Modern Family. We don't know how the Americans is going to be affected. Now that we have the streaming service, does that mean that all of these properties will just belong on to the streaming services? What happens to things like Netflix? Are they going to just be left out in the dust with nothing? So it's a lot of what ifs, and I know a lot of people are happy for the comic book aspects of these things, but not everyone watches comic book movies or TV shows. So a lot of other people will have their shows affected, possibly negatively. So I am on the fence. I'm just really happy that Anastasia will now be a Disney princess, but at the same time, what's going to happen to my TV shows that I watch? So I'm in between. I'm skeptical at this moment. Yeah, uh, thanks for highlighting all of that. Um, there's definitely a lot of concerns with that deal. You know, definitely the stuff you highlighted, people losing their jobs, being uncertain of the direction of the projects they're attached to and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, there's a lot of nuts, nuts and bolts to this deal, you know, um, and it's more than just, you know, Disney getting a few IPs, you know. Um, it's, you know, there, there's there's a lot more to it than that. Um, I, of course, you know, me, me and Tony had this conversation, like, we're just excited that, you know, the comic book stuff is going to get fixed, you know, because this whole Marvel thing, like the comics are going to be fixed because, you know, um, Disney and Marvel were so petty that they were kind of um, restricting the X-Men content in the comics. You know, even though they, they have the rights for the comics and they could, you know, still put out X-Men comics, but they were kind of, you know, gimping it because, you know, just to be petty because the, the movies weren't theirs, you know. Um, and the same with the games like, you know, um, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. They didn't have the X-Men in there just because they were being petty uh, and they wanted to push the Avengers and everything. Um, but now all of that is going to get fixed because now they own, you know, the, I, the movie rights for, you know, everything that they should. Apart from Spider-Man technically, but they, they have that deal in place with Sony, which is cool. Um, but yeah, there's... Like you said, there's a lot of other things to be concerned about. Um, isn't your favorite TV show Empire now owned by Disney? I hate you. I hate that show. 
I hate that show so much. <laughs> I hate you so much for even saying that. But um, <laughs> yes, Empire and Star, which I I like is I secretly love that show. Star, not Empire. Empire's horrible. But anyway, um, yep, they are now Disney products. So you know, Lucius is a Disney prince, I guess. <laughs> That's hilarious, Disney prince. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm like I'd be very interested to see what Disney would do with that show. Like that's uh, that's definitely not up their alley, you know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's cool that they said they're open to doing R-rated stuff. You know, continuing with Deadpool and perhaps Wolverine yeah. and everything. But it's still, put, you know. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, they put out a statement that they're very, they're like, everybody is wondering what is going to happen to Deadpool. Is it going to be R-rated? Are we going to get, you know, cute little Deadpool? What's going on? But they put out a statement saying, we are going to keep our projects that are R-rated, R-rated, and we're exploring more. They want to do a lot more R-rated. Also, this affects, I know New Mutants is coming out, which is more of a psychological horror thriller. And they also express that it's going to be a trilogy and they express that they want even more of their um, newly acquired, I, I guess, material to be in that that's psychologically based. So they want them to start their own category. So we're going to see a lot more of psychological horror based like um, mutant type sh uh, TV shows and movies as well as on a whole R-rated category. So people have been brainstorming and like they're really excited for that aspect. So anything that you really wanted to see from, you know, the past, anything comic book related, you now can get. But again, with that comes people losing their jobs and other TV shows may be canceled that don't fit into their new vision. Okay, but here's the thing, like, because I feel like Disney know that there's a lot of hardcore Marvel fans, so they, they don't really want to mess with, you know, the Marvel stuff too much. But when you look at other stuff they have, like Alien, they, they have the Alien IP. What what are they possibly going to do with that? And, you know, what direction are they, they going to take with Alien? Some weird crossover. They're going to run it into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. I can see that happening. Um. Yeah, and they also own The Simpsons now. Like, this is something that, that, that's a big deal. They own The Simpsons. That show has a lot of history to it. And I could see them, like, adding, like, a Simpsons world to Disney, you know, the Disney world or whatever. Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> yeah, Simpsons and Kingdom Hearts. That would be, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they've got a lot of uh, IPs, a lot of stuff that's not even been talked about. Um, it's crazy. It, it was a major deal. Uh, Max, do you have any major thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I am worried about a lot of the IPs that we were just discussing because I do think they're going to just do this thing they've been doing with Star Wars and just start throwing them out like nobody's business. Um, to be fair, I don't think Star Wars has necess necessarily dropped in quality because of this just yet but we are only on movie three um so we'll have to see on that one but um the biggest thing i'm worried about is the netflix uh 
issues that are going to come out of this and streaming issues because Disney is working on their own streaming service and they say it's going to be cheaper than Netflix when it comes out. But I'm sure that price is going to raise later. But now that they have all of these IPs and, you know, they already have their own IPs, um, that Disney people are going to be paying for Netflix and the Disney service, if not only the Disney service. Like this is a huge blow to Netflix. This is massive. Like people are going to be dropping Netflix like no other because of this, even though Netflix does have a lot of original content. Disney just has the sheer overwhelming IPs that have been around forever. Netflix doesn't have that, you know? So ideally it'd be best to have both, but not everyone can have both. And people are most likely going to pick the Disney streaming service over the Netflix streaming service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely agree with you. Um, I love Netflix. I've always like, ever since Netflix came to the UK, I've been subscribed to them and I haven't, you know, unsubscribed once just because I want to support that. And, you know, I like that they do their own original things. I like that there's, you know, on-demand entertainment whenever I want it, you know, like I just like that model. So it, yeah, um, I feel bad for Netflix because now Disney owns all of these IPs um, and they, you know, they can pretty much take a lot of stuff away from Netflix that, you know, that's already on there. Um, not only the the Marvel original stuff that they've done with them, but, also, you know, just other movies, you know, like classic movies and all the stuff that Netflix has on there. Like they can just take take them all away from Netflix. Um, and that takes away a lot of the value of the service. And um, and when you mix that with what what else happened this week, the you know, uh, the fact that they um, they voted against net neutrality, it just seems really bad for Netflix overall right now. Um, and that's a shame. But yeah, I mean, when when that Disney service does launch fully, it's going to be hard not to subscribe to that because if there's like original Star Wars content on there, um, as well as all the movies and all the Marvel stuff and just that whole catalog that they now have, like, it's it's going to be hard not to subscribe to that, you know? Um, and it's a shame. Uh, what was you going to say, Dana? No, I just wanted to quickly say that with this merger, in no shape or form is Fox News affected. So anyone who's like questioning that, Fox News will be untouched, and that they are starting. Um, they are they are starting to hold hearings on this merger because they fear that it Disney will now be the dominant entertainment company, and they don't want them to have too much power. So they're going to start, you know, with the hearing soon. Because now they own sports, movies, TV, and now it's a streaming service also. So they're concerned. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess because there, like, there was a rumor going around a while back that Apple was going to buy Disney. I feel like to even things out a little bit, Apple should probably buy like someone like Warner Brothers or, you know, another media company that can kind of stand up against Apple. I mean, uh, not Apple, uh, Disney. Apple buying Disney, that would be an interesting world to live in. Yeah, that would be insane, right? Yeah. Wow. Honestly, I, don't, I would imagine Disney buying Apple over Apple buying Disney. <laughs> yeah, like that's how I always thought of it. But people tell me that um, Apple is valued way more than Disney or something like that. 
But I think I think with now? this I think with this deal though it, it changes a lot though. Yeah, definitely. Now this is this is ridiculous with this deal. I honestly I'm kind of surprised that there, there isn't m- much backlash to this. Like legally, like I I know people are saying but other people have their opinions, but I'm surprised this is like legally allowed. Mm. They own Star Wars. They have like the Disney properties. They own Marvel. They own all these properties that just make, you know, what I mean? it's absolutely ridiculous how much money this company must make. Yeah. It's like, like unfathomable. <laughs> it really is. It's insane. It, it sounds like something out of like, cause I read a lot of like cyberpunk books and stuff like that. Like this sounds like something like that, like where just one company buys the entire world kind of thing. Like it's like, one of those kind of things um, yeah definitely like they could stop making anything right now that would suck obviously but they don't need to make anything ever again they'd still be fine just because of like all the properties they own and all the money those things still make yeah it's, it's, it's insane yeah exactly um and like i really just wanted them to get those marvel ips back that's all i really wanted but the fact that they just kind of like bought almost everything there is to buy in entertainment like that's just crazy right there um and that's definitely not what i wanted but uh, i find it really interesting that it happened right you know what's funny is that they technically still don't own spider-man all the way because they they're yeah. doing that deal with sony that's the one thing they don't have yeah um yeah i i agree with that part though it'll be nice to get a fantastic four that isn't the worst thing i've ever seen God, that new one is so bad. Nothing happened. Literally nothing happens in that movie. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. And here's something I didn't think about before until uh, Dana said it. So Rupert Murdoch owns, um, you know, this UK, uh, you know, media company called Sky. And Dana, you just mentioned that he, they, that Disney owns Sky now. Like, yeah. Is it- so what he's payout is going to be $88 million. But because of this whole deal. Okay, but is it just Sky News that they own, or is it like all of Sky? They own, um, I believe it's, no, 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 they own all of Sky. Wow, that's, that's crazy, because that's like our biggest media outlet in the UK, so. It owns, is, um, it owns 39% of Sky. Okay. Percentage-wise. That yeah, that is insane, you know, to to know that. Um, yeah, crazy deal. Um, and I'm, I guess now it puts into perspective more why people are investigating it because um, I know you guys in the U.S. you have like um, anti-monopoly laws, right? So that one well, company can't monopolize. Not for long. We're holding on by a thread. Yeah pretty much that like we have them but to be honest i don't really think laws apply to anything anymore that's just the way we seem to be these days i don't think i'm sure that some way there will be some way to get around it one way or another right especially with trump as president um but yeah crazy deal um so yeah I want to get to Star Wars because, you know, Max mentioned Star Wars and he said something interesting. He said that now I I think there's going to be a debate here, but he said that I don't think 
the Star Wars movies have dipped in quality yet. And I would be inclined to disagree with that. Um, so, yeah, we're going to transition into our non-spoiler because I'm aware that a lot of people probably haven't watched The Last Jedi yet. So this is going to be our non-spoiler thoughts on, um, you know, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Uh, now, Max, have you seen the film? Yes, I saw it a couple of days ago now. And I should clarify that by dropping quality, uh, I don't necessarily mean like they've been amazing, even though I really liked The Last Jedi. I, I mean more like I haven't noticed like they're, they're all watchable by, by right. like a big degree. They're watchable by a lot than yeah, they're more watchable than a lot of the BS that comes out of companies like running things into the ground. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know what you mean. Yeah. So before I hand over to Dana, um, my general thoughts on the film, um, I think, like you said, it's a, it's an enjoyable film. It's, you know, definitely very watchable. It doesn't feel like they're completely running the series into the ground or anything like that. It was, it was a fun film to watch. Like it was definitely fun, but I do have a lot of issues with it. I can't get into specifics, of course, because, uh, you know, spoilers and everything. But, um, yeah, I just question the overall direction that they're taking. Um, there were some cool scenes, some cool sequences and things of that nature. I just feel like not much really changed uh, between the end of, you know, um, Force Awakens and the end of this one. But, yeah. Um, enjoyable film for sure. Dana, what what was your thoughts? Y'all crazy. Y'all both crazy. This movie was enjoyable and wonderful. And yes, I understand that it's not perfect, but it sure as heck was better than The Force Awakens. It was so much better than the, the previous nonsense of episodes one through, what is it, five that we had to go through, three or whatever, when he was a kid. Yeah, one so, one through three? Yeah. It's one through, okay. And probably five and, and, and six. No, this was just... Huh? No, there's no five and six? No, I mean, like, uh, th this movie doesn't compare to... Um, no, uh, it... Four through... Three, uh, what is it? I lost count. One through... For me, one through seven was just boring. Eight was the only one where I was just, I paid attention. I was right there with the characters. The screening that I went to, people was like very excited for the film. I can't tell you what parts they was excited about. Yes, there is a, a certain parts that I don't like with Finn, where he just seems to be like a throwaway character that they treated him as, him and the girl that he was with. But overall, for me, storyline-wise, it was great. Um, Kylo Ren, for me, I felt that he did more than just throw temper tantrums. They finally made him a little bit more developed. And you got to understand a more of his, not his confusion, but more of his, like, he, he, he swayed back and forth between the Force and you know, being the good guy or the villain. And he was re really torn up about certain things and it explained more about it. Now, to me, 
what I enjoyed most is that you don't know where Kylo Ren is going to do what and where Kylo Ren is going to, you know, what he's going to do next or where his mindset is. To me, he seems to be someone that's very unpredictable. And there were some things that was discussed in this movie that I don't know whether or not I should take them at face value. Now, I know there's a lot of theories that's going around. I'm not someone who's a theory person because we had a lot of theories that came with The Force Awakens and what we're going to see in, you know, what was episode eight and what was going to happen to certain characters. And when you see what happens to those characters, it's like, oh, okay. I do feel that they built up some of their characters a little too much for what ended up happening to them in eight. However, I don't know if it's the movie that built them up or it's, if it's the way how people interpreted those characters that really built them up. So that is my kind of issue with, but I don't know if I can necessarily blame the movie for. Um, I do think that there was too many throwaway characters, but overall for me, I thought it was the most enjoyable in years, probably since Empire Strikes Back. That's fair enough. You know, I, I don't want to really knock the movie too much because I like it. You know, it's serviceable. People can enjoy it. And that's that's the main thing, I guess, you know, for a lot of people. I just feel like in terms of, you know, um, scope and tradition and the lore of Star Wars, I feel like it kind of uh, was missing something. And um, the, the the direction is just a little questionable, in my opinion. And I definitely agree with your criticisms about about Finn um, and the way that character is handled as well. But um, yeah, I guess at some point we need to have like a spoiler discussion so that we can get into specifics. But uh, uh, you you gonna say something else, Dana? Yeah, I appreciated the direction that it took, and what I also was a little thrown back at at first, but I appreciated more. It made the experience more enjoyable. Was how funny it was. It kind of was along the realms of how Thor Ragnarok was in a terms of like just the random jokes and the funniness about it. Um, like I expected really? like this, this type of drama and then they came in with the little jokes and the little slapstick type comedy. Remember at the very beginning with Finn and him waking up? Y- yeah. Um, okay. You're like, I'm not sure. I don't know. I didn't see <laughs> <laughs> I agree it was funny, but I don't know if I liked that it was funny. Like, there were a lot of weird joke moments, and I mean, I laughed at them, but it wasn't necessarily what I was looking for in the movie. I wasn't looking to laugh when I was going to see Star Wars. And it seems to me like that was sort of like that Marvel take, just that Marvel comedy just kind of leaking over into star wars which was weird um but a lot of them were kind of one-off and forgettable jokes for the most part but a lot of them were thrown in kind of awkwardly i can definitely say that yeah yeah i agree like there was this this isn't a spoiler at all because like it's like meaningless but there was this like little uh the, the scene is literally like a few seconds but it's like it looks like a ship, but then it turns out to be an iron, and then it's ironing like a, a uniform or something. Like it, stuff like that just seemed like it was kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, it was just kind of thrown in for no reason. But um, Max, what was your overall take on the movie? 
Okay, so my biggest problem with The Force Awakens was that, not that it was a bad movie, because it wasn't. I really enjoyed it, but it was super safe. And I get it. It was like the comeback of Star Wars. They had to play it safe. You know, they, they felt they should play it safe to make money, make sure people still wanted Star Wars, you know. So, yeah, that's all good and great. But I remember after Force Awakens came out, I just, I just found it very predictable, even though I really enjoyed it. I was like, all right, cool. You got your safe run now with the next one. You please, like, take some risks or something. And I want to give Last Jedi a lot of props for that. It's definitely the most different Star Wars movie than any of the other six, or even than Rogue One to a degree. Um, the cinematography, it's shot so much differently than any other Star Wars movie. There's a lot of camera tricks, a lot of editing techniques that just aren't in any other movie that I actually really enjoyed and I found very interesting, you know. Like, for example, the... I don't want to spoil it per se, but like the kind of interactions between Rey and Kylo. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, the way those were kind of shot together is interesting. Um, and just honestly, the battle scenes were kind of shot differently. Like they just felt, I don't want to say more hectic per se, but I just, I don't know. I just liked the way the cinematography was. I just liked how different it was shot and edited and transitioned all just together. I think it was really, really well done and risky. But when it comes to the plot, I am not super invested into Star Wars lore. Like I enjoy Star Wars, but I'm not like a huge Star Wars fan. So it was something that I didn't pay the most attention to. It was something that I just kind of felt like watched contained into the movie. So I didn't put too much thought into the plot and everything. I just enjoyed what was there, even though there were some weird moments, but I don't want to spoil them. But then after seeing the movie and reading a lot of the complaints, especially a lot of what Mark told me uh, the other day in terms of lore and like inconsistencies and plot holes and everything, that does tarnish my thoughts on the movie. And it does make me want to go back and rewatch it with those things in mind. But in terms of just like the acting and just the direction and again the editing and cinematography and everything i really enjoyed that and i liked how different i liked that it was actually risky and not just trying to do the same thing again and again and again which is really cool um it was interesting how much they went into the force i feel like they focused a little bit too much on that and didn't explain enough of it which is weird to say but they just kind of went shallow deep into the force even though they talked about it all the time um, which was weird, but I don't know. I also think Finn was kind of throwaway too. It seemed to me that they didn't really know what to do with him and they just kind of had him in there because he's like John Boyega and he's a fan favorite and everything. But um, there was a lot going on in the movie. They tied it up somewhat well, I'd have to say. I saw a lot of people before I saw the movie comparing it to The Empire Strikes Back, saying that it is like it lives up to being like the second movie in the trilogy, living up to be The Empire Strikes Back. I don't really think that's the case at all. And I know that, Gary, you don't either, as we were just saying. But one thing that I loved walking out of it, but after reading up on it and actually putting some critical thought into it, I need to rewatch and reevaluate. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's definitely fair because 
when you think that we've had the original movies for like you know all these years now you know like 20 30 years or whatever it is now um and we've only had this movie for less than a week so i guess you know we definitely need to rewatch it reevaluate a little bit more um but yeah just off of first watch you know that's kind of how i felt you know like uh i felt they played it very safe um and yeah, uh, I, I completely agree with what you said about the Force as well. Like, um, they kind of tried to go deep with it, but didn't really tell us much. And it kind of seems like they're making the Force this kind of overpowered thing now, um, where before, yes, it, before true. yeah, like before it felt like there was a bit more law to it. Like, you know, there were laws of the Force, but now it's just like this overpowered thing. So, yeah, I agree with that. Go ahead, Dana. I don't. <laughs> I'm the only <laughs> one smoking. I I felt that it was not the thing is is that it wasn't John Boyega's story. The Force Awakens is his story. With, you know, Daisy in it. To me, I felt that this was more of Daisy and um Adam Driver's story, Kylo Ren and and Ray. It was their them and their connection so to speak and how it'll end up turning the tides for what's to come and and we got that when we saw the very last shot of the movie with that boy so for me I, I'm sorry I just really thought it was a great movie and they to me they also did like a great a good guide to explaining to today's generation the beginning of what the force is and then I think you know, when it comes to the laws and the different parts of the Force, I think that that's to come in the later movies. But to reintroduce to fans, and remember, there are people who've never seen Star Wars. There are people who just seen one through eight or one through seven. There are people who've never seen Empire Strikes Back. So I thought it was a good beginning for today's generation. Yeah. I'm angered at today's generation then. <laughs> no, I just don't I agree. I get with what you're saying. I get what you're saying, and I agree that like it could be like a good like kind of restart point. Those people should be seeing Star Wars 8 without seeing other ones. <laughs> at least right, but like, Force Awakens. <clears throat> <laughs> but I feel like Star Wars is gonna be around way after we're all dead. So they're gonna have to just keep reintroducing things to us to, to the to the newer crowd. So I don't I see I just didn't have a problem with that at all. I um, I well, don't I at this point. It's a it's a new chapter in the story, and we're not dealing with the villains of the past. We're not dealing with traditions of the past. So we have to create our own traditions of how we do things, and how we see the force is different than say how your grandfather was raised with the force. Like, I understand so what you're saying, and there is truth to what you're saying, but I feel like Star Wars is, like, the spectacle of the film industry, and I feel like it's something that, you know, you kind of pass down, like, you would raise your kids to, like, you know, watch these movies, like, yeah, you would introduce it to them at some point, so they have, like, that understanding of it, just because it's that big a deal in film history kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I that's would, my thing, too. Yeah, 
like I would assume that everyone's watched it before they before they watch Force Awakens. I would assume that everyone's watched those, you know, the old films. We'll see. I um I do agree that like in terms of a starting point they're they're going in the right direction to kind of like restart what we know as Star Wars and open it up to a new like kind of audience but I don't know if I like how it was handled per se cuz like Gary said they may they're trying to make the force like this thing that it never was like they're going deeper into it but I feel like the force is almost better off not entirely explained because now I don't know it's just they made the ending the ending of the movie while it was awesome to watch and witness it was this one thing that a certain character does and I don't want to spoil it um it's like I didn't know the force could do that. And this makes me think like a Jedi or a Sith, anyone who has power of the force can just do literally anything in the world. Yeah. Like anything, 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 anything. And like, they're just unstoppable. Um, which in the previous movies, that was not the case. You know, the Jedi were powerful. The Sith were very powerful, but they were not ever unstoppable. They can be overwhelmed. They were vulnerable. And that was what was cool about them. Yeah, exactly. And now they just seem invincible. <laughs> Which was, I think, that was something, again, I didn't really think about during the movie. But, like, looking back now, it's kind of like, wow. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, yeah, before I say too much, I, I definitely uh, want to talk about this more off-air. And then, you know, perhaps in a spoiler uh, review episode, you know, um, that we do on on Star Wars The Last Jedi. But... Yeah, that I mean, that's pretty much our thoughts. Um, you know, there are some varied thoughts throughout, you know, the coalition stuff, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, look out for hopefully we'll, we'll get around to doing a show. It's going to be a little tough to schedule, you know, with Christmas and everything. But we'll see if we can do a show on this because I know the people might be interested in that. But yeah, that's pretty much our thoughts on Star Wars for now. Um, but yeah, I, I do recommend everyone go see it still. You know, it's it's just Star Wars is one of those things that you just, you know, the world stops and you just have to go see that movie. So definitely go see it if you haven't already. But I imagine anyone listening to this probably has. So yeah. Um so moving on, we're getting back to some gaming stuff now. Um and PUBG officially released on the Xbox One. And um, the report came out, <clears throat> sorry, the report came out and PUBG sold over 1 million units within 48 hours of release on the Xbox One. And um, of course, that's a really good accomplishment. But with that came a lot of, you know, um, messy criticisms as well about the game. Um, I haven't actually read up on everything. Um, I'm hoping Max might know a little bit more here, but... I'm hearing there's a lot of like uh, frame rate dips and stuff, and the the frame rate is 30 frames per second, and people are expecting more on the Xbox One X. Um, but of course, you know they they kind of had to keep it. Um, they had to keep it. They, they had to keep the parity between consoles, I guess. So it's locked at 
30 and um, I'm hearing there's a lot of different criticisms as well with the controls and the way things work compared to on PC and, and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, um, it sold quite a bit, it seems to be selling well, but is it going to continue to sell and is it, you know, um, going to be a system seller for the Xbox One X? So um, Max, I'm gonna go to you first. Uh, how much do you know about PUBG on Xbox and have you had a chance to play it even? So I'm no expert on what's going on right now, but I have seen like a lot of talk. I've seen a lot of bits and pieces here and there. I've even watched a little bit of footage on it. I haven't played it myself, no. But um, from what I've gathered, it's that on the all-powerful Xbox One X, this game runs like worse than it runs on PC. And it already doesn't run very well on PC in the first place, but at least on PC it's playable. On the X, it seems to be barely even playable, running at like a solid 12 to 20 frame uh, FPS like most of the time. Uh, that's entirely awful. I've heard there's connection issues. I've heard there's just... It's just not going well despite everyone buying it. And if that's what's going on on the X, I can't even imagine... What is going on on an Xbox One? Just the original Xbox One. I can't imagine that thing is runnable in the slightest. I can't even imagine you could get to the main menu with that in mind. It's just, it's something like people are defending it by saying it's in a, in a game preview. And I guess that's fair. Um, I, I mean, a game preview, you're buying into a game that is unstable generally, and you should know this going into it. But at the same time, to have thrown it on, xbox especially especially not as a freaking launch title to show off your powerhouse of a console not only that but the only launch title to show off your powerhouse of a console and it can't even run it at basic like the basic minimum requirements we expect from any video game ever so that's pretty frustrating you know PUBG has never been well optimized, and I think it'll still be a while before it does, even though I guess, like you were saying, Gary, it just hit 1.0 on PC. Um, I don't really know what that means nowadays. That doesn't really mean anything <laughs> nowadays. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. It's I'm a bit surprised. I expected PUBG to you know, do well and be like a good thing for Microsoft, but they seem to have kind of ruined that. Fortnite, Fortnite is optimized. Fortnite is freaking awesome, dude. Mark just brought up Fortnite in the chat. Fortnite is very, very cool game. Not even just the Battle Royale stuff, but it fits in with the conversation because of Battle Royale. Fortnite is still definitely the premier Battle Royale title on the Xbox, and it's free. The Battle Royale is free, and it's way better <laughs> than the uh, Battlegrounds stuff. Interesting stuff there. Um, and yeah, that does raise um you know a lot of uh, questionable points of discussion because um yeah obviously we know that this has been you know um i always forget what they call these games uh, early access data um it's, it's essentially an early access game um and it has been on pc for a very long time um and when you're dealing with the console market the console market doesn't understand that you know people who buy games they think they're buying a complete game, a game that's finished, you know. Um, they expect games to be of um, a certain expectation, you know, like it's a finished product. But as we know, early access is something that's 
that keeps developing like they keep working on it and building upon it sometimes they just don't because it is doing so well anyway that they can get away with not updating it but um console gamers you know they they don't expect to buy a game you know for and this was 60 dollars, right um as far as i know um i believe so yes yeah so they don't expect to buy go out and buy a game that's 60 dollars and have that game not be fully finished and you know have it be an experience where they have to wait for patches and you know um updates and stuff to actually make the game run that's a very pc thing you know um pc gamers are kind of used to that like whenever you buy a game on steam or pc or something you might have to wait on a patch or you might have to um, go on google and find fixes that the community has developed and things of that nature that's something that's been very apparent in pc gaming but console gamers aren't expecting that so yeah um you can't just release the xbox one x and have this as your you know premier um you know new experience game that's that you hope to sell the system you know and it's not a finished game because that's just gonna lead to uh, a lot of controversy and that it has um so yeah uh, so it's, it's, it's a mess, really, um, for sure. Uh, Dana, do you have any thoughts on that? Was you? Yeah, basically, this is completely unplayable on Xbox. Um, and the problem is that many, as you were saying before, many people on console expect you know, a full playable game that's complete. And what people don't know is that it's, you know, it's still in early development stages. But the thing is that it's even worse on Xbox than it is on PC. And there's a lot of problems that's going with it that just, when you look at it, it looks a mess. And when you play it, it's just completely unplayable. There's too many glitches and the speed rate is just horrible to the point where you just don't really feel like playing with it. It's too much of a work to get it to run, let alone actually sit there and play the game. So I would just say just avoid, avoid it. It's very unfortunate. And I think that when it comes to like Xbox players, they already just left a bad taste in, in everyone's mouth. Maybe those who just have the PC version, just stick with that, but don't transition over to console at all. And I wonder how this will affect the sales once the game is complete, you know, or with the Xbox sales, what's going to happen there? Yeah, that, that's definitely my real question here. Um, I want to know, like, how this is going to affect the Xbox One X sales. And, you know, is we know that it's sold well, you know, so far. Um, but is this something that's going to continue? And is it, you know... Well, obviously, it's not the system seller we thought it was going to be because, you know, people are, are, you know, unhappy with it. But do you guys think this is going to have a significant effect on the Xbox One X sales moving into 2018? Uh, no. Go ahead, Max. I do not think so, purely because the only people who care enough to realize the Xbox One X is kind of a ripoff are already not buying it. The only people who are really going to be buying it slash buying PUBG and everything are people who don't really follow the games industry, I'm going to guess. 
um, unless they just have a whole bunch of money to just throw around, then fine, sure, good for them. But I just feel like it's not targeted towards people who do their research on this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I don't think so. I think that it's just going to be like the COD market and stuff. Like, because, you know, PUBG has transcended gamers. It's it's like casual game as well. Like, everyone knows about it that even, like, touches a game console probably knows about it. So they're going to see, oh, PUBG's only on the Xbox. So they're going to buy it. And that's it. Because they don't want a PC and they're not into it in that way. And that's fine, you know. It's just not as much of a hobby to them as it is to us. But that's also why I don't think it'll affect sales negatively. I think it's it's going to just go the way it would have even if PUBG was fine on the Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Um, yeah, just to point out, Mark actually said the game is $30. So uh, please excuse me. Uh, the game is $30, which, you know, I guess, uh, it, well, it's not better, but, you know, it, at least it's not the full 60. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Well, I do think if the game was perfect and it was, you know, people were generally enjoying it, I do believe it would grow a fan base on the Xbox more quickly. And that might actually persuade more people to hop in, you know, either. I mean, people already have Xbox One X, I mean, uh, Xbox One S, sorry, and the, the normal Xbox One. So maybe it wouldn't drive up sales of the X because, you know, that's a very um, specific market, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, like you said, it might not have a big impact on the sales because people aren't jumping into the X right away anyway. Um, but yeah, it's still a mess. Um, and uh, I don't, like I, I think they should have just pushed the game back a little bit, you know, to get it perfect uh, because, I mean... There's not much to look forward to on the X right now anyway. Um, so it wouldn't have hurt them to delay it, you know, whether it's a month or two just to get it a bit more smooth. And so I think they really should have did that, to be honest. But um, yeah, Dana, did you have something else you wanted to say? No. Okay, your mic was open, so I thought you did. Uh, any final thoughts on that, Max? before we get into the next discussion? Um, not in particular, no. I do agree that they should have waited, though. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. I do think they cool. should have waited, though, because they, um, because, like you said, there's just nothing to play on there anyways. Whatever. Yeah. They, they did it. It's done. It was a dumb decision, and they're going to pay for it. <laughs> Indeed. And yeah, um, so sticking with PUBG, and this is a topic we've actually discussed before, uh, but you know, uh, since there's kind of been um, new a uh, new response from the creator of PUBG, um, his name's Brendan Green, I think. Uh, we're bringing it back up again as a discussion. Um, so yeah, he's really upset and disturbed by the fact that there are a lot of PUBG clones out there. Um, obviously, Fortnite, um, he considers that to be one of them, even though he's using their engine anyway. Um, but yeah, he he's uh, expressed a lot of distaste um, on PUBG clones. And um, even like on, on mobile, um, so like on 
you know, iOS and Android, there's a lot of PUBG clones popping up there. And that's even kind of forced him to bring out PUBG for mobile. Um, and that's something that they've announced, you know. Um, so, yeah, he's really unhappy with the amount of um, PUBG clones and, you know, the survival-based um, gameplay that's, you know, kind of coming out now. And um, this is a discussion we've had before. And, yeah, um, I, I just I don't understand what his issue is. Because, like, you could literally say the same thing with every other type of game, you know, like, um, even loot boxes. So, like, one company makes loot boxes, you know, a really big deal for them, and then everyone else jumps on the trend. You know, this is something that happens in gaming. You know, uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 uh, was an incredible open world game, and that spawned a lot more open world games. So this is just something that happens. And even PUBG itself isn't original. You know, um, there was a lot of other survival games out before PUBG. So, yeah, uh, it's really interesting to see this guy. Like, I feel like he's kind of feeling his success a little too much. And it's making him think that he's an innovator. And it seems like he's really insecure about it. And he's scared um about you know any other company kind of stepping into his you know market share i guess but um dana what is, what's your thoughts on this whole subject he needs to have a seat because as you already said his game is not even original there is no such thing as an original idea hardly anymore in any aspect especially in gaming you know, we just had a conversation about, you know, the zombie games and how there's 20,000 of them and they all look alike. Um, with this, his game is nothing original either. So as you said previously, he's just really feeling himself and he thinks that he's the innovator of that genre and he's not at all. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that the next game that he creates that comes out won't be original either. So this is just himself trying to, I would say, cause up a little controversy or stir the pot or whatever it is you want to say so that people will pay more attention to him and probably to bring more attention to the game. That's all. It's a stunt. <laughs> yeah. Um, Max, anything to add to that? Yeah, I just think he's whining. I think it's annoying. and I think he needs to get over himself. This always happens. This, is, this isn't even just a game saying this is a life thing um anything from like you'll copy an idol like their inner social interactions if because you see that it's successful people follow will follow success it's not always a good idea but that's how it works PUBG is the most successful game of the year people are going to follow it and like you guys said this is not an original idea in any way shape or form PUBG is not say it spawned a genre. It definitely brought it to the mainstream, but it's not necessarily original. It's like Blizzard. Blizzard always takes other people's ideas and perfects them and makes them work very, very well, puts their own twists on them, of course, and then polishes it to the point of no return and then releases it. And it's amazing, you know, and that's just what happens when we get really good products out of it, you know. It's not necessarily a case of be original it's a case of do something good and do it right and to be fair i wouldn't even argue that PUBG is doing it all right per se they just got there first um mm -hmm. so he needs to get over himself 
you know, he should be happy that this game is even doing as well as it is. And it's going to continue. It's not going to be overturned for a long time. So they, instead of him bitching and whining, he should focus on making PUBG the best it is instead of complaining about everyone else doing their thing. Yeah. Preach. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, you haven't even perfected the game. I mean, you're, you know, there's all these news topics about the game not running right and everything like that. Like, you haven't even perfect perfected the formula. It's not even the best it can be. So you have no right to complain, you know. And I would give him a lot more credit, you know, if he had his own engine. But he used an engine from, um, uh, what's the name of the engine again? I forgot. Um, I forgot Sorry, Unreal Engine. Unreal, there you go. Yeah. So he's using the Unreal Engine, and then he wants to complain about the company who owns the engine making their own kind of version. You know, like, why? Like, it's just not logical. Like, I mean, you know, obviously, you should just be grateful. I think the guy should just be grateful at the moment for his success because, you know, um, I do respect the fact that he he took a gamble. You know, he, uh, he got his money together. He went to... Um, I believe it's Korea or something um, to to get the the game developed and everything, um, and you know it was a success. So I respect his hustle in that regard. You know, taking the gamble to make the game happen, and you know having it be a success. But at this point, you kind of have to be humble and you have to understand the market at this point, especially because your previous work has been kind of you know making mods off of other games and you know making games that are similar to other survival games so yeah it's just really illogical that he's coming out and being this vocal about you know um, PUBG clones i mean that's just the market that's what the market does not even in gaming just you know like max said in life general this happens um you can even compare it to bitcoin you know like now Bitcoin is, you know, it's making its rounds in the news. Now everybody wants to get in on Bitcoin. It's that that's what happens, you know. So, um, yeah, it's. I don't know what more we can say. It's just, uh, I'm just really surprised that he's continuing this tirade. To be honest, I thought he'd be a bit more humble, especially with all these issues surrounding the Xbox version, because um, surely that's bringing a lot of bad publicity publicity to him so i thought he would be a bit more humble at this point um but yeah um that's pretty much all i have to say any final thoughts on that uh, i guess i just have to say i think PUBG needs to take a step back and start like if they want to keep going and be successful because i do think that other things are going to get in the way of this if they continue to be unoptimized and stuff i think people are already starting to get a bit sick of it uh, I think that they need to take a step back, take all this money they made and start like working on their own engine, first of all, like a specific engine for this game. I think that'd be brilliant for it. And I know that's going to take a little bit, so they should get started. On... They're probably doing something like that. I have to imagine they're doing something like that already. But they, like we said, they need to focus on game work, especially if they're about to hit 1.0. Like, come on. Again, 1.0 doesn't mean anything nowadays. We discussed this a couple of weeks back, but like, make your game playable, man, before bitching about other people that are doing it better than you. Like, I will argue, I will say Fortnite is the better Battle Royale game. I will say that with no hesitation. I think that PUBG just got there first, honestly. It's a good idea. 
It's a very good idea, but it needs to be done better by them. They lucky right now they have the being there first and they need to capitalize on that or they are going to get shat on. I you I guarantee it. I will bet money on it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's true. Um and I definitely need to play Fortnite now. Um but have you guys seen or experienced any of these uh knockoff PUBGs on mobile? No, but I've heard they're actually kind of fun, which is weird. Yeah, I've heard that too. Like <laughs> I've heard that's pretty interesting. Like, cause I can't get my head around like even trying to aim at stuff on mobile. Like it just seems like a really tedious thing to try and do. But people were saying it's actually like, you know, really easy and simple and it's actually fun. So I don't know, maybe one day when I'm bored over the holidays, I might give it a try just to see how it is. But um, yeah, like I, I don't even have faith in PUBG being on mobile because I think he's probably going to glitch that, to be honest. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. But uh, Dana, no. did you have... Oh, go ahead, Max. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just saying definitely. Yeah. Um, Dana, did you have any final thoughts? No, fix your game before you start coming for other people. Fix your game because your game is not even playable. And also finish the game. There you go. There you have it. Wise words. Um, perfect way to summarize that. So, yeah, um, that's going to be it for this episode, the final episode of the year. Um, sorry you guys had to put up with my hosting, you know, um, but Richard Bailey was busy this week. Um, but, yeah, we're going to get straight into our shout-outs. So, Dana, go ahead and give your shout-outs. Shout-outs to all the listeners and all the supporters and everyone who listens to the podcast and goes on the coalition, you know, and have a happy holidays to all of you guys. Indeed. And go ahead, Max. Well, yeah, echoing what Dana said, you know, thanks, everyone, for jumping into the chat and talking with us uh, as we do these podcasts every week. You know, that's always really fun. It always adds an extra dimension to the conversation, and it's always just fun to catch up with everyone. Thanks for everyone that listens in the post-game, comments on the stuff afterwards, you know, comments on YouTube, comments on the TK website itself and everything. You know, that's always cool to see. And I will see you guys in the new year. <laughs> uh, don't forget to tune in for actually the top 10 that we're doing, though. We're going to be doing that. That'll probably be the last panel we have everyone on uh, this year before jumping into next year and starting the co-op all up again. Indeed. Yep, so, yeah. For sure. Yep. And um, I'm going to shout out our Patreon supporters once again. So shouts to M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Tim Dill, Fergus Mills, Lelowen Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, Miguel, and Mark. Um, shouts to all you guys, and thanks for your support. Uh, once we do record the Game of the Year episode, it will be on Patreon first for you know for a few days before everyone else gets to hear it. So um, yeah, uh, look out for more announcements on when that's actually going to be. Um, but yeah, big shouts to all of the Patreon supporters, and shouts to everyone who joined us in the chat today. You know, Mark, Miguel, um, and um, I believe that was that. There, there was a few other people, but um, I have to keep scrolling up to see. But um, shout out to everyone who joined us in the chat, um, for sure. And shouts to the entire Coalition team. And I also want to give a big shout out to my friends, um, Carl Daniel and Ramiz Quadri, 
because um, I had a fun experience yesterday, you know, playing all those games with them. Um, sometimes you forget how fun it can be to play games, you know, in person with your friends. Um, and online gaming is, has, has, of course, taken over. But, um, you know, just playing some games with your friends is, uh, is very underrated now, I think. Um, it's definitely fun. I mean, if you can make a game like WWE 2K18 fun by playing it with your friends, then that's saying something, you know? So, yeah, um, shouts to those guys. Um, and that's pretty much it for us. Um, definitely look out for the Game of the Year podcast. But besides that, we'll be back in January. And I believe it will be January 7th that we return. So, yeah. Look out for that. Um, have a happy Christmas, everyone. Uh, you know, Merry Christmas, I should say, and Happy New Year. Um, I hope everyone, you know, has a good time with the families. I hope you guys get all the games you want, and I hope you have a lot of fun over the holidays. And I'm looking forward to hearing what everyone's been playing over the holidays as well. So until then, peace out.